Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I want to personally invite you to our first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's a conference that the Outcomes Rocket and the IU Center for Health Innovation and Implementation Sciences has teamed up on. We're going to put together silo-crushing practices just like we do here on the podcast, except it's going to be live. With inspiring keynotes and panelists to set the tone, we're conducting a meeting where you could be part of drafting the blueprint for the future of healthcare. That's right. You could be a founding member of this group of talented industry and practitioner leaders. Join me and 200 other inspiring health leaders for the first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's an event that you're not going to want to miss. And since there's only 200 tickets available, you're going to want to act soon. So how do you learn more? Just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference for more details on how to attend. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference, and you'll be able to get all the info that you need on this amazing healthcare thinkathon. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. I welcome you to go to outcomesrocket.health slash reviews, where you could rate and review today's guest because he is an outstanding contributor to healthcare from the great country of Ireland. His name is Colin Lalor. He's the CEO at Sleepcore Labs based in Carlsbad, California. They're improving lives and advancing the science of sleep health. They're doing it by taking a look at sleep through the entire continuum from education through recommendations that can involve over-the-counter as well as treatments to help people sleep better and be healthier. What I want to do is open up the microphone to Colin to round out that introduction. Colin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Saul. Delighted to meet you, and thanks for the opportunity to speak today. Absolutely. So, Colin, maybe you want to fill in the blanks there on your background or anything that I may have missed so that the listeners could get to know you better. Thank you. I think um, probably only two things which might, might be helpful. The first one is we believe that the sleep health epidemic, as it was called by the uh, CDC as, as recently as 2016, um, is a global problem and it's one where solutions are available however for the consumer it's really really hard to understand where to start where to go for help what we're aiming to do is to connect the consumer to an understanding of their sleep score which will help them to understand their own sleep and also to connect them to solutions and providers who have proven solutions and by connecting those dots for the first time we hope to enable a complete uh, solution in the sleep health area. And the only other thing to add to that, which is important, is that we're not trying to do this alone. Sleep is an issue which everybody enjoys every night. So that's uh, you know 7.x billion people on the planet. 3.5 yeah. billion people have a problem with it pretty much every night. So it's a very, very big problem. And what we're trying to do is to build a partnership starting with a great team at Sleep Score Labs, but also working with other great companies and great partners in order to consolidate a response which can actually really make a difference. Super. And tell me a little bit more about what Sleepcore Labs does so that we have a good understanding of the solutions and problems you guys solve. So Sleepscore Labs is, uh, at its heart, it's about uh, helping the consumer to understand their own sleep. And that requires measurement. So if you think about it, 
we understand our diet, we understand our exercise, and the diet and exercise were enabled by the introduction of new ways of understanding it. So, for example, we had the harmonization of food labeling 30 plus years ago, where every food product is now labeled, even in restaurants, you can see the calorie content, the fat content, the salt content. So we get to measure what we eat, and that helps us to make good decisions in relation to what we eat. That in turn enables services. So think Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, all the way through today to Map My Fitness. And all of those services use the very same idea, which is to manage a problem, you need to measure it first. Yes. So for measurement of our nutrition, that problem has been solved and the market has changed substantially since that was enabled. Same thing's been happening in exercise that kicked off as heart rate monitoring and now it's also step counting. But at the end of the day, most people know that the more steps you do, the better it is for your health. The more active you are, the better it is. And so these technologies essentially help to spur services and products which make life better in terms of exercise. But when you think about those two things, there is a very difference between those two things and the other key pillar of health, which is sleep. Because I remember everything I ate yesterday. I can recall it pretty accurately. And I can do that probably for three or four days pretty accurately. Same with exercise. So can you, so can most people. Uh, however, when it comes to my sleep, I cannot recall it because I'm actually unconscious during the process. So it's actually really difficult for me to recall it. And the more that I try to concentrate on things like, oh, how many times did I wake up and how long did I wake up for? The more I concentrate on those things, the more difficult it is for me to sleep well. So the sleep part of the three pillars of health has been completely misunderstood because we don't understand it ourselves because we can't. So therefore, we need a way to measure it, which is objective and which can help us to understand what is actually happening during our sleep. So we start the whole process with a sleep score technology. So we have a number of technologies, the first of which we have brought to market, which is a non-contact sensing technology. And that basically sits beside the bed and it uses high frequency radio waves, low power, to mm -hmm. measure movement. And with that, we can understand whether you were awake or asleep and what quality of sleep you're achieving all throughout the night for you. And with that, you can understand your sleep. But we don't think that that's enough. We think that it's also really critical that we use that technology to measure all of the interventions that people are currently using. Everything, mattresses, pillows, pills, all the way through to interventions for snoring, etc., and figure out which ones actually work for whom and which ones don't. So yes. essentially, at the heart of what we're doing, it's about measurement first, helping you to understand your sleep, but also using that measurement to finally begin to figure out what works and what doesn't work for whom. Super interesting, Colin. And listeners, one of the things that we got to think about as healthcare leaders is how much sleep we're getting, the quality of that. And I love Colin's example here, bringing a, an analogy between what happened in the diet industry with food, measuring it. We got to be able to measure sleep as well. So I love the progress that's being made by Colin and, and his team. And I'm excited to dive in a little bit deeper, Colin. Can you tell us a little bit about what needs to be on every medical leader's agenda today? Absolutely. Well, I think um, certainly we, I would argue sleep, but then your listeners would expect me to say that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so I will say to everybody listening, for your own health, for the health of your family, for the health of your teams, for performance, please think about sleep. 
please measure it, please get your sleep score, and uh, please begin to think about what you can do. But at a bigger picture level, I think there are some parallels between the journey that we've experienced in sleep so far and healthcare overall. And, and I'd like to call it maybe two parts or two issues, which I think are probably relevant to everybody. The first one is, I'm calling it the difference between the consumer and the patient. So in the medical sector, we tend to talk about patients. And that's great because we have patients and we have to provide services to those patients. But the very definition of the word patient limits our understanding of that person. Mm -hmm. And we focus on the specific illness and the specific intervention and those uh, very, very tight things around that. In truth, every patient is, for the most part, also a consumer. They live lives, they go on vacations, they work sometimes, um, they're active, they have families, they participate in communities, and so forth. So my point is that only understanding the patient means only understanding a small part of their lives. And if you only focus on that, it's really difficult to help consumers or patients make the changes that they need to make to ensure that the therapies that we in the medical sector are connecting them to are actually effective. So I'm guessing what I'm kind of trying to say is that we have to begin to look at the people we serve in a much broader, richer way than the simple term patient implies. That's an interesting thought. Absolutely. Uh, why look at it so siloed? Right, right. And the siloing is, in many ways, a challenge because we see across healthcare today, the challenge very often is not just about the appropriate diagnosis and not just about connecting the patient to the appropriate therapy, but in lots of areas of healthcare, we're struggling with lack of compliance. So as a result, the interventions that we spend all this time and effort to connect the patient to don't work. And at the end of the day, that, I believe, is significantly influenced by the fact that we don't understand them as well as we should, and we don't deliver the supports that we need to deliver in the way that we should. And that's illustrated, for example, by uh, some of the great work that's been done by ResMed, for example, which uh, is a founding partner and joint venture partner in Sleep Score Labs. ResMed is a global leader in sleep apnea therapy, and sleep apnea therapy involves a person wearing a CPAP mask and being connected to a machine every night while they sleep. So that is a compliance challenge in itself. However, most patients feel so much better the next day that they actually put up with that and they get used to that and they get so much strong benefits from it that they continue to be compliant. But there were some who struggled and ResMed spent a lot of time and effort redesigning the entire flow from beginning to end and in connecting the patient or consumer to improved data and services and insights, and that has radically transformed uh, compliance. So by looking at the patient, not only as a patient in the very narrow sense, but looking at them more holistically, ResMed, for example, has led the way in very substantially changing compliance in its sector. That's the kind of thinking we need to apply everywhere in healthcare, because it's not just a specific issue in isolation in its own silo. We've got to look at the person and their lives and the challenges and the things that motivate them and connect all of those dots if we really want to make a difference. Yeah, you know, Colin, that's a great call out. This is a really interesting distinction that I think we all need to keep in mind is if you make that slight adjustment in considering the patient as a consumer 
all of a sudden the walls of limitation that you restrict yourself with perhaps subconsciously on on what you could do for this patient, they get knocked down and ResMed did and, and you know, Colin and his team are doing, your imagination could go beyond the typical to create solutions that actually make an impact on these patients. Um, super interesting discussion here, Colin. Can you give us an example of how you guys have improved outcomes through the things that you're working on? Sure, absolutely. So one of the products we developed and which is now on the market is the Sleep Score Max. And that started life as a very sophisticated advanced technology which accurately measures sleep outside of the sleep lab. So the benefit of that is you place it beside your bed, the consumer doesn't need to wear anything and therefore the measurement itself doesn't influence the thing we're trying to measure, Hmm. which is really critical when it comes to sleep. You don't want some thing stuck to some part of your body waking you up in the middle of the night. That's not a good idea. I was picturing that, Colin. Like, you know, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to... You have something attached to you, kind of like when you do in a sleep lab in a hospital. It, it affects the psychology of the sleep. Now, this is a device that sits on your bedside. You could do it at home? Yes, you can do okay. it at home. It's designed okay. for use at home, but we've done a lot of the research in hospitals. Okay. And it's a, essentially, a, a think about the principle that a bat uses. So it's a radio frequency technology. A very low power radio uh-huh. wave is emitted. Mm-hmm. And it bounces off the surface of your body and returns to the device. So we send uh, one of those waves out 16 times per second all night long. And now, you have to we, be in the room by yourself, right? You can't be there with your significant other. Absolutely not. We designed this particular technology so that we can zero in on the person we want to measure. Is that the right? Person who's, yes. That's pretty cool. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so even right. in situations where there, which is about 75% of situations, two people sleeping together, yep. we can see very, very clearly with very high acuity, the sleep of the person that we actually want to monitor. And with that, we have built a whole series of advices, which we give based on the specific hmm. circumstances, which we find. So in addition to the sleep quality, we yes. also collect information on the room environment the temperature, the light levels, the background noise levels, because they all influence sleep, right? We also collect some information from the user about their lifestyle. So caffeine consumption, alcohol consumption, stress, exercise, those kinds of things. And these are and we, manual manual inputs? Yes, some are yep. manual, some are connected, for example, to health kits. So we collect gotcha. data from a variety of sources to make it as easy as possible for the customer. Very cool. And our goal is to use that data to then understand, well, what seems to be the significant issue around sleep for this particular person. Um, based on the issue we find, we then have a whole series of curated advice, which is all based on a review of approximately 600 clinical papers in the space. And we have, as a result, literally millions of variations of advice, which are customized and personalized and given to the person that needs them based on the data. Very cool. What that's delivered in some of our early studies is a significant improvement in sleep duration and sleep quality, for, particularly for people who had poor sleep at the beginning. So we've seen, for example, that um, approximately 50% of users improved their sleep duration after a few weeks by as much as 45 minutes per night. Nice. Now, to put that into context, there are some studies which show that the impact, for example, of using prescription sleeping pills long term um, improves sleep duration by as little as 8 to 13 minutes. So I think what we're Not finding very impactful. is... impactful. 
not as impactful as we would all hope. And right. we all know that these interventions are not really designed for long-term use, but we do know that there are lots of people who are using them for the long-term. So, you know, really, again, the issue here is trying to understand, in truth, the consumer, their sleep, their sleep environment, the actual truth behind that at a level which the consumer can't recall in a discussion with their doctor. And even if they could recall, the doctor would struggle to have the time necessary to listen and really try and interpret all of that. Super fascinating and uh, very intrigued, Colin. So this is something that any consumer can pick up so they could go to your site and purchase one? Yes, uh, you go right ahead to sleepscore.com and there you can purchase the device. You can also purchase it from our partners at uh, Pottery Barn and West Elm, but sleepscore.com and inside there you find all the information about how the technology works. And I was going to say one thing which I think is important. It takes a team of experts to make this happen. Uh, I mentioned this at the beginning in terms of partnership. So within the organization, we have a tremendous team of people who are really passionate about making a difference to sleep health. And they include sleep experts and researchers. But we also partner with lots of people outside the company. So our advisory board is made up of some of the best leaders in sleep health around the world. And in addition to that, ResMed, which is an, an, a significant investor in this joint venture, is probably the biggest single investor in sleep research around the world. So we're really trying to take advantage through this broader team of the latest knowledge and the latest information in the science and bringing that to the consumer. And vice versa, as we collect more and more data, so we now have about 4 million nights of sleep data broken down 30 seconds by 30 wow. seconds every, all night long with all of that data. A lot of data. We're actually, yeah, exactly. So we're using that data already to begin to advance the science. And that's Beautiful. what we hope to do. That's so awesome, Colin. And super intriguing, right? So listeners, we have an opportunity for you to really take your sleep to the next level. If you are serious about your performance, whether it be business, whether it be athletic, whether it be just family quality of life, sleep is key. So measure it to improve it. Check out that link. We're going to provide it here in the show notes for you to check out Colin's devices here, things that you could do at the home. And just like we've talked about in the past about mental health, right? This is one of the key areas, sleep, mental health, that are not being measured the way they should be. And with folks like Colin making waves here in the space to allow us to do the measurements required, we're going to be able to get better sleep, better mental health. So really love this, Colin. Can you share with us a time when you made a mistake or failed and what happened and oh, what you goodness, learned? Goodness, <laughs> all. There's quite a few of those. I have to admit there are quite a few of those. So I've, I'm afraid I've graduated originally from Trinity College, Dublin, but then for the rest of my life, I really have graduated from the School of Knox. All joking aside there, you know, when I, I try to reflect on that question, I think probably the one most relevant for this discussion uh, was a time when uh, we, at the early stage of the development of this technology, we partnered with another company to bring a consumer sleep monitoring solution to the market. And we did bring it to the market. However, it failed, really, in commercial terms. And what did we learn from that is the question you've asked. And I think we learned two things. The first one was nobody really is interested in monitoring per se. It's really about why you're monitoring and what you can do with it. And people are interested in proving their sleep. They're not really interested in 
the measurement step, although it's a critical, necessary step, it's not the outcome, it's not the benefit. So I think we learned very clearly that bringing a monitoring solution to the market is absolutely not going to work. And many, many other companies have brought various monitors and trackers to the market, and we can all see what's happening. It does not really a huge degree of interest in that. What there is interest in is how do I improve my sleep? How do I improve my health? How do I improve my life? And that requires something way more than a monitor. Now, surely an accurate uh, starting point is essential and monitoring is essential, but it isn't enough in itself. Uh, That was one key learning. And the second key learning, which I think is probably resonates to lots of other people who are listening today, partnering is not easy. And it's essential because increasingly, as we really reach out and we want to make a difference to a large number of people, there are very few companies in the world that can do that alone. So partnering is essential. However, it's not easy. So what that means is, depending on the relationship you have with your partner, if it isn't close enough, if it isn't strategically aligned enough, then it's going to be really hard to make your way through the various challenges which occur in partnering because you're not necessarily 100% aligned. And as things don't work out, how you respond is influenced by your alignment. So I think the two lessons for me are, when you're partnering with somebody, spend the time up front to make sure that you really deeply are strategically aligned if you're trying mm-hmm. to do something very, very important because it's not going to work out exactly as you expect and you need to be strategically aligned if you're going to see your way through that. And then the second issue is monitoring per se is not enough, even though it's an important step. Wow, Colin, you walked us through some very valuable experiences and you're right, you know, in healthcare, we can't do it alone and we definitely have to partner. You've offered some really sound advice. So listeners, you may want to rewind and re-listen to that. So I, I definitely will be. Colin, and then the other part too is is how we position our technologies. You know, folks, people don't want to know how the airplane works and what gadgets are used to keep you on track. They want to be on the island and experience paradise. Just like with the technology that Colin had, he, he, he had this technology that was monitoring people. It was cool. It was savvy, but people don't care about that. They care about the quality of their sleep. So as we develop product as healthcare leaders, it's important that we focus on the island rather than the airplane. So what a wonderful point that you shared there with us, Colin, and one that, that healthcare entrepreneurs and business executives should be keeping at the top of their mind. Really appreciate you sharing that. Cheers, Son. My pleasure. So tell me, you took us to the learnings. Tell us about one of the proudest moments you've had in, in the healthcare business. I think um, almost anything that I did at ResMed is definitely proud. Uh, that company just published its uh, latest quarterly results. If you haven't looked, take a look. It's amazing. So they now have about 14 million patients that they support through sleep in one way or another every night. Amazing. And approximately four plus million of those patients are connected. So every breath is now monitored every night. It's the largest connected infrastructure in the world. And they use the data to help the patients or the consumer to understand their own sleep and to motivate them. And for people who are experiencing issues, they have a whole bunch of services which are now delivered through consumer-friendly applications. And I think that's the direction of the future. So any of my time with ResMed was proud from beginning to end. Proudest, I think, is the work we're doing at the moment. And 
right now it's still in progress and over the next couple of months more and more of that will unfold but certainly it's a really amazing space to be working on what we truly believe we're trying to do is to make a difference to people's lives and in so doing if we can just simply move the needle for a large number of people by as little as 10 or 20 minutes every night we can make a huge difference to how they feel how they perform their relationships and long-term to their long-term health because we absolutely know and the data is mounting all the time that there's a direct correlation between sleep deprivation and pretty much every major chronic disease and so we believe passionately that if we can move the needle a tiny bit for a large number of people we can make an enormous difference and we're we're proud of that but we're not too proud because we have to get it out into the market fully and make sure it's working fully before we can take a breath and, and take some credit that is so awesome colin and and you know uh, i'll tell you what we had our, our first son about 15 months ago Congratulations. And thank you. It's, it's been a blessing. And um, yeah. it's also tough, right? Because w- right. when they're growing up, this sleep thing. And, yes. uh, you know, since he came, we've been definitely more focused on sleep, how to get it, how to help him get it. Because if he gets it, we get it, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've Absolutely. been diving deep into this, Colin, and sort of the room and the sound noise machines and temperature and all these things. So what you're saying is really resonating with me. And as I'm sure it's resonating with a lot of folks listening, I'm so intrigued with this. I think the vision that you and your team have is a highly impactful and inspiring one. So kudos to you for this mission that you have in your hands. I think that you're definitely going to make a big impact. So congrats to you and your team. Thanks, Saul. And, and if you could see me, I'm Irish, fair-skinned and blushing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, it's not, it's not just, like you said, it's, it's not me. It's a team. We are on a mission. There's no doubt about that. But it's a team. And it, it takes a team to make anything like this happen. And uh, hopefully we can make that difference. And the points you make about your son are so, so key because what you teach your son about sleep now is going to impact him positively for the rest of his life. We know that sleep habits habits are, are, are learned young. We also know that in childhood, many, many issues, for example, um, we've been, and this is one of the great things we get to talk to lots of people in lots of spaces where sleep intersects. It intersects with almost everything. One of the great leaders doing research, for example, in ADHD, has told me that in almost 50% of children being diagnosed with ADHD today do not have ADHD. Hmm. They have poor lifestyle. Wow. Um, for example, that's a big number. That's a big number, right? So 50%, five zero? Five zero percent. Wow. So that five zero percent, or if, even if it's anything close to that number, what that means is we got a whole bunch of kids who are actually being medicated for an illness they don't have. And the medication causes sleep problems. And those sleep problems exacerbate the underlying behavioral problems. And so there is a absolutely a relationship between all these things. And you know what we hope to do over time is to make more and more data available to help more and more people to understand what's going on. And over time, that will eventually help. So when you're thinking about your own son and uh, his growing up, I think you're spot on. Think about his sleep health. If you can help him with that, he will be happier. He'll perform better. uh, He'll have less problems as he grows up. And for the long term, he'll be healthier. That is so fascinating. Well, you know what, Colin, I'm definitely going to have to pick up one of these things now. (laughs) Folks, take a look at uh, sleepscore.com. 
and you'll see the device. It's, it's actually quite uh, aesthetically pleasing and very, very reasonable price. Sleepscore.com. Uh, definitely will be picking one of these up, Colin. Great, great message here. Tell us about an exciting project. This is an exciting project to begin with, but is there, is there a slice within what you're doing there that's very, very exciting that you want to share with us? There sure is. So right now, we have been, with our customers' help, we have been measuring the impact of interventions on sleep. So we have approximately, so far, 40,000 users, approximately 4 million nights of sleep data. And those users have very kindly shared with us things like what mattress they use, what pillows they use, what interventions they use. And uh, that's given us a really clear baseline for sleep quality, mattress type, mattress brand, and so forth. All these things we're learning. Um, what we've then been doing is we've been partnering with a large number of companies who offer solutions for all sorts of sleep issues, from snoring through to basic comfort. And we've been measuring those solutions. So our customers volunteered to become part of a small pilot study where we measure essentially the before and after impact of a any given solution so what that's helping us to do is to learn about what actually helps to improve sleep or in some cases disimprove sleep and i think that's probably one of the most exciting things because right now the consumer spends about 60 billion dollars on all sorts of stuff um, to improve their sleep now the problem is we believe that probably half of it doesn't work and the other half of it is maybe purchased by the wrong people because of course, we don't understand our sleep. So we have found in our data set that we ask our users when they sign up, what do they think their major sleep issue is? And they tell us. And then we measure their sleep in objective terms for a week or two. And what we discover is almost 85% of people got the issue wrong. In other words, they, they weren't really clear as to what their real issue was. And that kind of just goes to the very point of upper front we talked about, which is People are unconscious for the process of sleep, so they find it impossible to objectively measure and track it, and therefore it's really hard for them to understand what exactly is their issue. So they just know they're sleepy, they just know they're tired, they just know they're not at their best. Some think it's just aging, and it, it's not. Certainly sleep changes with age, but it doesn't have to be that we're all you know, slower and more tired and more miserable as we age. We can still have a great sleep health, but People don't understand where to start because they don't understand the problem. And I think if we can really uncover uh, how these interventions work or don't work, we can then connect consumers to the appropriate solution, which bypasses all the trial and error that currently goes on. And unfortunately, during that trial and error process, for many consumers, they give up because they've tried four, five, six interventions and they don't work or they feel they don't work and they give up. And that's what we want to try and deal with. It's this kind of nihilism, which is coming from trying to make something better, failing, and then not knowing what to do next. Super fascinating, Colin. So I, I really have enjoyed this discussion. It's been so much fun, especially because sleep is so important for all of us. Uh, I think the listeners definitely are, are, are getting a lot here as well. Let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in sleep. And it's the 101 of Colin Lawler. So I'm going to ask you four questions followed by your favorite book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? I'm all set. Thanks, so. All righty. What's the best way to improve sleep healthcare outcomes? 
Well, I think the first thing is to be aware of it and then start with the inputs. So learn about it, objectively measure it, and start from there because you can only improve an outcome if you know what you're measuring. Totally. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I think the biggest mistake is to avoid a very narrow focus and instead to more broadly connect with the consumer to understand what's truly going on. It's really hard to deliver an outcome if you misdiagnose the issue. And it's really easy to misdiagnose the issue if you don't have enough information. Beautiful. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I think that's a really simple one. You've got to push the change yourself. So if you're not leading, you're following. So you've got to lead. Amen. So if you're not the driver of the change yourself, you're going to struggle. Love that. What's one area of focus that should drive everything in an organization? I personally think it's the mission and it's down to why are we doing this? What difference are we trying to make? And in our case, it's about trying to make a real difference to the quality of people's sleep. And we know if we can do that, we can reduce accidents, improve their mood, reduce long-term chronic diseases. And that's a very powerful thing. So the focus is about really being clear on the mission. What are we, why are we trying to do this? What's your all-time favorite book, Colin, that you'd recommend to the listeners? You see, you gave me a perfect segue. It's, <laughs> it's actually Start With Why by Simon Sinek. So if you've not read the book, at least go and watch his uh, TED Talk. He's awesome. But Start With Why, I think it's so inspiring. And the book itself opens with a statement which kind of traps you. And uh -huh. then, then he delivers um, a really big surprise. And this all happens on the first page. And from then on, he captivates you. And the issue uh, at the very heart of it is, why are we doing this? That's what matters. If we can understand why, then the what we do and the how we do it, we can figure out. But it's all about the motivation. And if we can stay singularly focused on the mission, we can make a difference in that space. I think that's what drives successful companies. But we'll see. That's certainly at the heart of what we're trying to do. Beautiful. Listeners, don't worry about writing any of this down. The entire transcript that we've discussed will be available along with the show notes and links to the things that we've discussed. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash sleep score and you'll be able to find all of that there. Before we conclude, Colin, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch or follow you. I think at the end of the day, for me, it's about whatever you do, whether you measure your sleep or you don't measure your sleep, at least think about it. And sleep is not for wimps. Sleep is actually the latest, newest performance-enhancing drug, which is actually good <laughs> for us. <laughs> and uh, to find us, uh, you'll find us at sleepscore.com, and you'll also find me, uh, LinkedIn, Colin Lawler, C-O-L-I-N-L-A-W-L-O-R. We'd be delighted to connect with anybody that can help on the mission or if we can help you in research. Outstanding. Colin, thank you so much for your time. This has been a brilliant episode and we have you to thank for that. So appreciate it. Looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you, Saul. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. If you want the show notes, inspiration, transcripts, and everything that we talked about on this episode, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And again, don't forget to check out the amazing Healthcare Thinkathon, where you can get together to form the blueprint for the future of healthcare. You can find more information on that and how to get involved in our theme, which is implementation is innovation, 
Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash conference. That's outcomesrocket.health slash conference. Be one of the 200 that will participate. Looking forward to seeing you there.